she loves me it's all love was that your favorite line that was actually yeah it was my favorite line there was also a really good one when 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 Kendall is uh, talking about tweets and he's like oh, yeah no I just want some you know funny as fuck shit but not in a stupid jokey way <laughs> it's just he's so stupid he um I think that maybe to start off let's talk about who we think the main players of this episode mm-hmm. are because obviously we always like a very Roman centered Roman centric mm. episode but, but Roman... that wasn't the case this episode but it was still very enjoyable so yeah. Roman took a back seat yeah he did take a back seat he, he always shines in his moment mm. on screen especially I think during that uh scene after the interview um where he had to kind of make up an anecdote about the father oh no and oh, Logan was... sort of made fun of him for using up a fly fishing story about mm. Connor. Let's talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we'll, but we'll get to that in a minute. But main players. Who were who your main players? Well, it, has, it, it was Tom's episode. It was Tom's episode, wasn't it? And I was so glad because the first two, I was like, where's Tom? Exactly. They were saving it up. Saving they? it up. And they're building him up to mm. be a big dog. A big old dog. Yeah. Matthew McFadden. Oh. I mean... Is he married still to Keely Wilson? Keely Horse. Keely Horse. Oh, I know someone called Sorry, Keely <laughs> That's a real person. Yeah. Um, didn't they leave their partners for each other? I think they were on a TV they show They left together. their partners for each other, which was yeah. scandalous at the time. Exactly. Now Very it's like sexy. nothing. Nothing, no big deal. But Matthew McFadden, we were just discussing before we started recording, mm. potentially the best performance of the show. Definitely, definitely. Because of its layers. His layers. Because of his bloody layers. He, the, His ability to go from silly and goofy, geeky, and friendly mm. to actually being quite nasty and, and a bully and then have these moments of sadness is just amazing he couldn't be a more pathetic character in some ways the scene where he's crying um and drunk on the sofa to shiv mm. i mean it's like he is a neutered dog I feel, totally when he's around her and when he's around logan but then the ferocity with which he speaks to people like greg um, so, okay, so let's just quickly do like a, a, a bullet point for us because, and it, it won't probably be accurate, but no. let's just try and remember what happened in the episode. So Kendall it opens, so it opens on Kendall's interview with like a New Yorker type thing. Yeah. And, and he's flustered by uh, the question about siblings. And he, siblings? he's eating a salad and she starts recording and he says awkwardly, so are you going to record me how I'm playing with my salad? And then she says, you seem very concerned with what people think of you. And Which is obviously him in a nutshell. And he yeah, and, and he's well. like, absolutely not. No, that's actually not me at all. Um, and then it basically is the fallout from that interview with the rest of the siblings. As Shiv is gearing up for her first big role as um, president of the whatever. President whatever. of domestic issues. Mm. Because she's a woman and she can sort of be a nice plaster. I also noticed, I thought, a really good detail um, that links to Shiv being used for that was did you see in the background there was a TV in the Waystar offices with like pictures of Waystar female employees all smiling and then there being a quote under their name saying I feel fine here yes I don't feel threatened at all it was so funny because <laughs> yeah. all of the pictures looked like they were kind of being held up at gunpoint it was I thought such a nice yeah. detail and the message um, that they're trying to convey to all the workers and the public is we get it we get it we get it we know that we've been bad we know that there has been problems but we get it and Shiv doesn't think that's a very good um, slogan but Mm -hmm. she does end up kind of obeying and doing this this speech Um, she meets Kendall at uh, the journalism function yes and but she's basically been sent there hasn't she she? by Logan to kind of gauge because there's this rumor that Kendall is going to come into Waystar and Logan is obviously 
he's so worried about this and doesn't want him to come in. He's scared. He's like, if he fucking comes in, I'm gonna fucking shoot his brains out or something. And um, punch him in the nose. Punch him in the nose. So not quite. Yeah, which is actually, but then again, that's more threatening because mm. you could realistically imagine Logan doing that. He's obviously not going to shoot Kendall. Yeah, but. and he probably has. Mm. Probably has. Yeah, probably has punched him in the nose. And so she's sent to this uh, awards thing to kind of gauge from Kendall how if he is going to come in. Mm -hmm. And she, at the same time, tries to kind of say to him, why don't we work together? You can undo all of this. Exactly. Which Logan doesn't, I think, know she would do. No. I mean, Shiv is still cleverly trying to play both sides. Mm -hmm. But Kendall, in a moment of rare kind of clarity and maturity, sees through that and says, you're just the new him. You're the new Logan. Mm -hmm. I thought that, that was quite chilling. And that's the beginning of Shiv's descent. Yes, because... In this, episode, in this, anyway. at this, this uh, conversation at the, at the awards is really important because Kendall is apologising for episode two, his outburst where he's just horribly misogynistic and nasty to her. And he says to her, uh, I'm sorry, I threw a few ugly stones at you. And she very graciously says, okay, well, you know, if you, I, 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 she doesn't accept his apology, but says, look, why don't we work together? Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's so interesting because Kendall is coming to her, kind of saying, look, I'm sorry. And then when she kind of tries to be, give him a proposal, the power shift changes suddenly. And Kendall doesn't like that. Can no. sees through her, thinks, no, you're trying to play me. You're trying to play me. I'm cleverer than this when he's not. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of throws his toys out the pram and then storms off. Mm-hmm and leaves her alone. I just thought that was really interesting. Also really interesting that they decided to bring back for a very brief cameo, Mm. Nate, Shiv's sort of former flame and the guy that she was having an affair with when she was getting married. Totally interesting. Why? Why is he there? Because he's going to be in it later, isn't he? He's probably going to be in it later, but I think that also, I think it was a really key theme to bring in, remembering that doubt that Shiv had when she was getting together with Tom, because I think a lot of this episode is about the sort of inconsistency of their relationship now. Because when Nate was first introduced, Tom and Shiv were at least kind of solid. The company was doing well and that they had this big, big grand wedding. And now everything's kind of falling apart. So it was very interesting to see Nate there. And I think Shiv seemed quite flustered as well around him. I don't think that she was as cool and calm and collected as she normally was. Totally. But love seems to have gone out the window with with everybody right now. I mean, I think she's so focused on saving whatever she can of her family and herself, her mm-hmm. own reputation, that she's seeing Nate is more of a, it's just really clever for the writers to put that interaction just before we see her with Tom after this party, Tom drunk. Um, he's just gone to see a lawyer secretly to, to kind of gauge his position and what would actually happen if people knew that he was the one to destroy those papers. Mm-hmm. And he's drunk and says to her, uh, I would be fucked. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would, if there, I would go to prison. And I've actually been thinking, Shiv, what about this idea? How about I actually do go down for it? And all he wants is, is for her a- to just hold him and say, no, I can't let you do that. Of course, you're not going to take the Because blame. you didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You were told to do that. He has not done anything wrong. She apart is from... more complicit than him, exactly. really, as being part of the family. And obviously, he's done something wrong, though. Of course, he's, he's done, done something, something wrong by, by obviously destroying the papers or thinking he's destroyed the papers. But at the same time, 
it was it, it, he, it's Logan. It's Logan's. It's 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 all him mm -hmm. that's that's made these things Tom, happen. Tom is a bad person for reasons that shouldn't send him to prison necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, and Shiv looks at him with such sort of pity and, and also it's really interesting that they started that scene with the dogs being unwell and the mm, dogs have like eaten yes. her tights and he's had to like pull the tights out of the dog's arse Mondalis is unsettled <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mondalis is oh unsettled I, but the thing is, that's such a pathetic and embarrassing image. And you're in this glossy, but ultimately completely um, sort of tasteless apartment. And you just see these dogs in a cage and Tom mm. wandering around drunk. And it's such a pathetic thing for her to stumble back into when she probably feels pathetic herself. That I and then he kind of, he, he, she says, actually, you know, that would be genius. Almost um, patronising him because he's a bit drunk and saying, that's such a clever idea. Obviously, don't do it. Yeah. But that is very genius. Yeah. And, you know, actually, that would be very clever. Exactly. Basically, but don't do it. Treating him like another neutered dog, mm -hmm. patting him on the head. And ultimately, she kind of sounded like she almost wanted him to mm. go to jail. Like, well, she knows it's a clever plan. I don't quite understand why it's such a clever plan. But then he hugs her and she pats him on the back and it's just a, like a, a mother-son relationship suddenly. and Very unsexy. So unsexual, the tension between them. But the I did think, given what you just said about rewatching something from episode one and seeing how they, that, that bit of their relationship before all this drama, the fact that he is kind of um, slumped into her like a little boy, I, I thought maybe that is the premise of their relationship, is that he is this kind of sweet, needy, guy and she's the one in in power and that's kind of now not very attractive that she liked that probably at the time mm -hmm. when she met him because she because was probably she, was in, she as she says in the episode one um i think episode 10 because it's the wedding episode that i rewatched recently just for reference as to their relationship um she says that she was a real mess when she met him so and she she says that she needs him but then there was also this moment in the car in that episode where he is suggesting the names mm. once they get married should it be Wamsgans roy or it could be roy Wamsgans, or i could be unconventional i could just be tom roy <laughs> <laughs> i just thought that was so funny yeah. and she just sort of looks at him slightly bewildered but i think she chose tom ultimately because he's he was the opposite of logan mm -hmm. he seemed like a good nice guy dependable man and and exactly and and what's happened is that he has proven himself to be dependable and he knows that's his ticket exactly but he also knows that his that is his only purpose to shiv and i think by him saying i will go down for this is kind of him recognizing why he was picked to be exactly her, her bodyguard or her her guy that's going to take the bullet and she's her. still gonna walk all over him and probably go and fuck nate mm -hmm. and i just found it amazing that in in his drunken moment, he he reverted after being quite like strong with her in episode one and two by being like, yeah, well, what does love mean? And I'm yeah. like, well, you know, he actually kind of being the dominant one with Shiv and making her more needy. Um, in his drunken state, he does revert back to being this kind of needy man. Yeah. And I, oh, it was it was amazing, just so good. And then the next scene is um, Jerry. And she's sort of organising a, a board meeting that they're going to have. And she makes her first decision yes. as, uh, whatever, new head. New CEO. Which Logan immediately shits all over. Yeah. And then she wanders into the room. They all kind of come together for this board meeting. And I thought it was really interesting the way that they laid out the sort of physicality of this scene. Because Logan is obviously slouching on the couch because he's number one. But there was something 
slightly like resentful about the way that he was sitting down like he is aware that he's maybe losing power and jerry obviously seeing that stands awkwardly and hovers and he even shouts Mm. at her for hovering but there's something strong about the way that she's still standing because even though she probably knows that like he's glaring at her wanting her to sort of you know sit back down i'm the real leader she remains standing awkwardly and i think that's a really interesting like i think they're going to thread in jerry actually becoming quite power mad herself not necessarily mad because i think that she handled it well in this episode but then again at the end of the episode when the fbi do eventually Mm. come in her strength yes she's so strong truly believes that she is actually a good leader what was also interesting in that was that carl um the floppy haired guy. Yeah, we like Carl. Like, we, I, I want more from Carl. We want a bit more Carl. Um, he's less, just been with Jerry Hugo. before when she's making her first decision saying, right, do this. I don't remember what it's about. It's something and about... Dubai? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dubai? It was Dubai. No, it was A Dubai, Dubai decision. Mm. <laughs> um, and then when they go in to see Logan and he immediately is like, no, absolutely not. And Carl has this kind of second of of not knowing what to say exactly. because and he's just approved it to, to, Jerry. to Jerry. Yeah, and that and Logan picks up on that. But and meanwhile, underneath all of this is um, Hugo, mm. our, not neck, one of our favourite. Skinny neck Hugo. Oh no, we can't be. He's he's a very sweet looking man. <laughs> um, the kind of PR. I don't know. Whatever we. What, yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah, his job yeah. is. Um, but he is trying to get Ken, um, Roman or Shiv, but Roman ultimately is the one who has to do it to do an interview almost like a a puff piece yes like to to kind of uh balance out kendall's piece about how great family is and and stuff which roman does reluctantly but because he's he's dutiful and he wants to impress and then poor roman has this interview or is given these questions and he's like right tell me the questions before which is very telling because he knows that he doesn't have much to go on with his his own father relationship and stuff. And he's very defensive. He's like, no, I won't answer that one. I know I was that one. And then he just picks a, a random memory that's not even about his dad um, to say to this interviewer. And it's just... And oh trails God. out of the room as he's saying it, yeah. sort of in a similar way to how he stormed out and then came back and pretended he was coming from the bathroom in the previous episode. Oh. Just unable to show his vulnerability in that moment because clearly it does hurt him that he doesn't have a good memory with yeah. his dad. Um, I just thought his little storyline was so sweet. It was interesting then, I think in the scene after that, you then saw Greg at Waystar, which to me, I mean, I guess once I thought about it, I was like, oh, I guess he wouldn't have formally left his job yet. He's just having a, a lawyer and he's obviously in negotiation with Kendall too. But it was interesting the way that Greg suddenly is back at Waystar. Um, yeah. And then Tom... It was it, it was a shock. Um, and, then, and Carolina. Yeah, but the thing is, what I thought was interesting about the reason why they placed that there was because it kind of places Greg as this slightly like ephemeral figure where we don't really know where his loyalties are. No. He's, he's obviously so confused and bumbling and that's what makes him funny. But the fact that he was just there, I thought that was really interesting because it shows that you, you can't even really trust Greg either because he doesn't even know what he's doing. No, and also I think maybe this was an error because in the, um, like, catch up bit at the beginning they have a whole bit with the grandfather and the lawyer for greg 
but then there's nothing in the episode. That was a really good point, yeah. So I, I think maybe that was a mistake or something. Or maybe it was just Maybe a they show. made a mistake and or, we just spotted it. Or they, they cut it out. Yeah. Or they just included the grandfather bit in the um, recap to emphasise the fact that Greg has now got a lawyer. But mm-hmm. I something, just a really small detail I liked from that scene was when Tom obviously came in to, you know, verbally abuse Greg as he normally does and he puts these two mints down mm. on his desk and then he pretends that they're cyanide pills and Greg's like, what? And he's like, no, no, they're just mints. You have bad breath. You should probably take one, by the way. And then he takes one himself. And I just thought that, that was a, like a, <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting moment of yeah. like projection where you're like teasing someone for something that you probably are slightly insecure that you have. Mm. Not that he probably has bad breath, but I thought that, that was like an interesting, tiny little reflection into his personality well it's of, a moment for Tom to just have a you know somebody's punched silly down. in this episode which is so serious Greg is is basically here in this episode for comic relief mm-hmm. um, with this whole watch thing that goes on where he's at the party that Kendall ends up taking all of his dumb friends including his new PR woman mm-hmm. and they're in a limo and they have this excruciating scene where is this Alfie hi Alfie hi. hey hey we have this excruciating thing in the limo. Sorry, where Kendall says that they want to play. He wants to play a game of good tweet, bad tweet, where they read out. You know, he gets everyone drunk and he to read out a tweet, and then he decides if it's good or bad. It's just mad. So he must have searched his own name on Twitter, gone on the general latest page, and just then then they just pick out. That's what they're tweets. doing. Yeah, yeah. With his girlfriend, who has very little to do right now, apart from basically just be his groupie almost, which is really interesting because they set her up in the in, when we first met her as being obviously a part of this incredibly successful rival family mm. that's like a lot more sort of dignified and, and intelligent and like left wing. But now she's just like this sort of groupie for Kendall. But she. Very but they also met when she was clean. Yeah, and he was clean too. And what I think her role now is to symbolise that rung of society, high society, where addiction and um, kind of alcohol and drugs, going out, fancy parties, hedonism, ego is is just the way they work. And she's just slipped back into that and she's enabling Kendall completely. Totally, totally. Yeah, and, and, and she is somebody that almost promotes his bad behavior, like when they drank Rava's wine that they shouldn't have drunk mm. in the first episode and she just got the glasses. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So she's, she's a bad girl. Greg thinks that Kendall is giving him a watch mm. and they go to, I don't know, another party and uh, it basically turns out that Kendall says, no, I'm not buying that watch. And he has to pay 40 grand on the spot for this watch. It's just really silly. I didn't quite understand it. It's just kind I of- think it's because they're trying to set up um, a sort of flirtation slash romance slash maybe unrequited love between Greg and um, Kendall's new PR woman, who very interestingly is being played by Dasha from Red Scare, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And Jessie was asking about her earlier. Because I didn't understand her casting because I, first of all, I've never seen her before. Mm. And she's playing it quite bizarrely in a, in a great way but when you see people that you've never seen before making choices making choices that are so bold I'm like wow that's brave but now if you tell me that she's in- she is a New York it girl she's incredibly politically intelligent and savvy and cutthroat so I think it is really fascinating that the coolest show and the most hyped show uses somebody that is similarly in her own way very very much a hyped person and she's pretty much playing herself like she's playing she's using a voice that she uses very similar on the podcast which is smart and savvy and I just think it's so interesting that they Mm. cast her oh yeah 
Yeah, in the New York high sphere. So they're setting up a romance between her and Greg. Mm. And therefore, I think the watch was supposed to symbolize the fact that he is still like, he, he didn't want to embarrass himself in front of. And then it doesn't work. And then it, it doesn't, doesn't work. Even work. And she's kind of quite put off by that. And, mm. and then at the party that they go to, they all watch this kind of comedy show, which is topical and takes down Kendall. It's like, it's like an SNL type show. A roast, a kind of a roast yeah. SNL. Yeah. Um, which I think was done a little bit too caricature It would have been... It was... That's, do you know what? That's exactly what I thought. It was the only moment, I think, ever in succession, ever, where I watched that and I was like, that doesn't feel exactly real to real, me. Real, yeah. Because, like, she was a little... Like, it was a bit too on the nose of, like, somebody that's, like, a really politically correct, like... I, I don't know. I thought that that was, it was just slightly a bit, interesting. It was a bit too garish yeah, and colourful. Yeah, and she was, like, dressed in clothes that looked like from, like, uh, 2007. CBBs. It was, like, really fucking weird. But... I got the point. We we all got yeah. the point. And him standing there, like making everyone watch everyone him. stops and has to watch him, and his girlfriend's behind him, and she's taking him down. This this presenter, and yet Kendall thinks it's funny and mm. says very interesting. He says, um, because everyone's just silent and, and it's really awkward. And he's like, it's okay, you can laugh. It's okay, you can laugh. It, it you know she she loves me. It's all love which is kind of symbolic of the entire show with Mm -hmm. family love and how hate can be so close to love. And that's what he thinks is love. Mm -hmm. When people are mean to you and cruel to you and saying horrible things to your face and humiliating you, that's what he thinks is love. Exactly. And he's sort of like that lame kid at school that thinks that the bullies are his friends. Mm. And he's, I feel like in the interview as well at the beginning and then in these scenes at the party, He's like someone who's oversharing because he thinks that that's going to sort of make people open up to him. But actually, he's just consistently exposing himself. No, making people look at him. Mm -hmm. I think what he wants, which is becoming more and more clear, is that it's not necessarily power he wants and to be the successor. He just wants people to look at him Mm -hmm. and notice him. And then at the end, of well, and we'll come to it in a minute, but... All he wants is for people to watch him. And even if they don't, if even if he isn't understanding that actually they're watching him out of pity, he's just happy for a moment that the light is on him. Exactly. Because maybe he's never got that. Maybe. Roman seems a bit more at peace with the fact that he's always been in the background and is happy to kind of plug away and try and get somewhere. Shiv is, is actually very intelligent mm-hmm. and wants to do a good job, but as is evident in the next scene when Logan asks if she believes him. She believes him. And and Shiv is very clever here because she goes in to see Logan and she passes by Marsha, who has basically nothing to do in this episode apart from to be there. Mm -hmm. And um, Logan says something really, really horrible about Marsha. What does he say again? He says something like, every minute I can feel another million been drained from my balls or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I thought that that was more in reference to the lawyers and the company, etc. But maybe that was also in reference to Marsha. It was was very much ambiguous, which is probably on purpose. And and Shiv, for the first time, says, can we talk to Mm -hmm. Logan? And, And... she basically asks him straight to his face, how much did you know? Mm. And Logan says, you can trust your dad type thing. I don't know what he says, but you know, you, you don't have to be ashamed of me or something. I thought that he was actually, I found him to be quite believable in this mm, scene, same. which was quite weird. And I don't know if they've done that on purpose to make you feel uncomfortable because you obviously know that he's complicit in some awful things. But the way he spoke about it in that very refreshing boomer tone where they're like, this is all a bit of nonsense. nonsense. Hullabaloo, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. And but the way he said it very clearly to her and was like, "I, 
I didn't even read the emails. Mm. I don't like. I get a million emails. There was something very believable about, his, about his, what he was saying. He fucked up and, by not reading the emails. And the flustered way that he kind of admits that Shiv is in the power seat for a second there, and she's the one that gets to deign like whether or not he is right or wrong, and she chooses to say, "Yeah, yeah, I believe you." But with that little, she does that little thing with a little mouth where she, yeah. like, you know, when she's considering something, and she sort of narrows her eyes mm. and she goes like. But she yeah. still thinks she, she, gets, she gets a really little mouth when she does that. I love it. <laughs> Her eyes have never like opened a little bit, a little mouth. And she's like, she yeah, still I love it when she does that. She's she still believes she can save this. Yeah, she really does. She's almost as deluded as Kendall. Exactly because. Because ultimately, she does want power. Mm-hmm. She she doesn't want her name to be destroyed. She knows that she's got more power staying with Waystar than she does going it alone. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's kind of, she's just, she's chosen to stick. Um, and then we have the next scene with uh, her, her first appearance, right? As this new president. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good, so mm. good. Oh my goodness. Also something I just remembered, something about Tom. Um, when Greg tells Tom about the watch um, mm. and Tom, <laughs> there's something so kind of like wonderfully camp about um, Matthew McFadden's performance as well. And the way that he can sort of switch up between being like nasty, horrible, but then also really clingy with Greg. Mm. And he says to Greg, like he's almost like offended that uh, Greg is playing with Ken and not him. And he says, I'll give you a watch, dick what? <laughs> Sorry, that I just remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Shiv's big conference. Oh, so good. She's 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 all prepared. She's so excited. It's her first moment as the kind of probable successor. You know, people seeing her for the first time in this authority authoritative role. Mm-hmm. It's a chance to prove herself. Meanwhile, sorry, we're just jumping a big bit. Kendall does come in mm. he decides on oh a whim he goodness, decides on yeah. a whim oh I love it when he's in his pajamas there's that shot of him just going to do a, a wee mm. still on the phone be like yeah actually I'm gonna go in mm. and Jess the assistant is like but uh you said that you weren't gonna go in and he's like oh no that was a false thought I can't do that <laughs> I really enjoy <laughs> listening to you trying to do it can you say it she says that he says that was a false thought. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I wish I could do that in America. <laughs> and um, he just decides, yeah. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. Which is such a weird move. He's just doing it to intimidate his dad. His dad is terrified for some reason, gets so angry. And all of them go into a frenzy. He can't get into the building. Carolina's like, oh, well, you know, you're not actually allowed in. He gets in. He goes to his office. He sits down at his desk. Obviously, he can't log in. Everyone's going crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's like random bald security guy. No, no, but he's not random. They're called That's... Remy. Oh, Remy, who's fi- he Remy, gets to Remy. film everything. Yeah, yeah, Remy, who gets to film everything, including when Kendall uh, threatens to jump over the, um, mm. the, the... Remy will film it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carolyn's like, no, 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 don't film it. Don't. Oh my God, and the... Oh my God, I loved the confusion of that scene. And um, then when Kendall gets into the office... And then they become fixated on the fact that it's cooler and no, that the AC isn't No, he believes working. that he he suddenly has this moment of fear almost mm. that his dad's going to do something is doing something dangerous and is going to sabotage him. And so he be- he gets up on a chair and he thinks that the air conditioning is being played with. He yeah. thinks he says my AC is being hacked, mm-hmm. and it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then the big bull guy like holds up his hand, and I just thought it was such a funny vignette because Kendall looks so little and childlike, and he's even got this little boyish cap on yeah and it's, but it just shows that in those moments of i don't know 
everything is so heightened right now. He really believes that something crazy, like the why would they hack his a- AC in that room? Mm. Like it's so stupid. It's so implausible. And Jess is kind of having to sort of like be slightly rational be like no 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 I, I think it's pretty much the same yeah um but they're me- all having to completely continuously um calm him down calm him down but also enable him mm. at the same time totally totally it is it's just like seeing like a little boy becoming prince you mm. know like and not being able to deal with all of that power and so he knows that Shiv's about to go and do this big speech probably because then he yeah because otherwise it seemed totally random and then he obviously has that little brief chat with Tom Tom who's now kind of resigned his fate to potentially go into prison and Kendall sort of has a jovial like oh it's nice to see you I don't hold any hard feelings but this is just that after the security guy from series one no 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 no, this is before the Tom the Tom moment was before the the security guard thing is like the last thing that you see of Kendall in that office oh really Mm -hmm. well that's so clever yeah okay so yeah so he says to Tom whispers sort of almost like seductively to him there could be another life and Tom giggles and says actually I'm fine Mm. I'm fine but you know that Tom's gonna consider that you just know yeah and so then the security guard Mm -hmm. who was the person who the only other witness to basically Kendall's manslaughter manslaughter um, who drove Kendall, sorted it all out. Basically, it never really had very many lines, but he was the was one that um, found Kendall's key card in the car and he took it out because Logan was able to get the security guard in there in the scene before the police came. So that guy is pretty much the only other person who in knows. a small group of people who knows what Kendall did. And he, so, he goes up to Kendall and was like, I know you. And yeah. then leaves. Exactly. Fucking terrifying. And that is the first time that like Kendall's sort of big balloon of ego has been punctured this season because he's kind of thought that he was like indestructible. Well, that, that, and then in a minute, the second puncture. So we have, that, that oh, probably, yeah, yeah, that yeah, probably yeah. triggers him, him getting set, you know, the security set guard, God's sake, <laughs> I know you. I know Triggers. You. I mean, I maybe he's, he makes that decision momentarily, but to go and destroy Shiv's moment. And My so goodness, he, do you think that that's the reason? Well, it must be because I... Because I, then after the security guy says that, he says, Remy, I need you to go buy a few things for me. That's yes! exactly what it is. And then, that's oh my exactly God, and then Shiv gets up on the stage, her big moment, and then just as she starts speaking, Rape Me by Nirvana starts playing. I couldn't fucking believe that. All these speakers are planted. So he's planned it. It's just genius. It's like a boy wonder. It's like this most pranky, naughty thing that you could do. But what's staggering is that no one does anything. Shiv keeps talking. Logan is frozen. It just shows when scary things happen. Humans do kind of just freeze. And Shiv just looks so angry and upset. Mm. Like really upset that her moment as this, you know, it's just so sad for her. Once again, she's fumbled the bag and she is just like so humiliated yeah. I've never seen her in that sort of in that state before because she always looks so poised it was almost like a run through for when she does become successor and yeah. it's ruined yeah. again by her brother mm-hmm. by her fucking brother she scrambles into his office like it's his bedroom and she's trying to find his diary and he's obviously gone but there's boxes of speakers everywhere oh my open. god that was so shocking and then she spits in his notebook oh my god that moment is so great her face is just so full of oh just you can just see her face as a child mm. getting doing something kind of secret in her brother's room behind his back and like she just she's it's just also childlike it's an angry younger sister mm. who can't really 
express ourselves in any other way than something totally physical. Like I can imagine you, like you stuck gum in my hair and pretty. You sure crossed okay. out my eyes on photos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like we, you just do stupid things when um, you're angry with your siblings. Exactly. And I, and that is her saying to him, right, that's war. Mm. And then she goes and drafts a letter. And she, she makes Connor and Roman come over to her flat. She's suddenly in socks, which yeah. I found really weird. The first um, moment of the scene, she's placing some kind of pie mm. on the table in this kind of motherly role again, which I found strange. She's in socks. She looks vulnerable. And they read this this press release that she's gonna she wants them to sign. Mm. And it's just vitriolic about Kendall saying that he's an addict. Um, I'm very worried about him. All of his behavior is just because he's a he's an, an addict and mm. we, we need to feel sorry for him. And it's Connor that first makes a comment to say that, to imply that it's too brutal. And also we had a comment on our last Succession podcast that sort of picked me up for saying, why is Connor so dumb? Why is Connor so dumb? It was a really articulate comment that actually pointed out that in this series anyway connor has almost been like a voice of reason reason M moral the moral the moral compass yeah i mean to be fair yeah he did he then then ruined it by saying i want my dicky dick to get sucky sucky yes <laughs> in this family being reasonable and logical does not get you far i know because they're exactly. so because roman then yeah. says i'm not going to sign this you know he he taught me how to aim my pee pee in the yeah, toilet yeah. straight after the or before the dicky dicky it's weird and yeah. cutesy the way that they use baby voices sexual as well yeah it's sexual which is all it's babyish why roman's got these issues sexually yeah I mean, it is fucked up, actually. Yeah. It's very, it's, there's it's, so it's many Oedipus complexes going on. Yeah. So he, they were both refused to sign it. Roman says this is basically too brutal. And Shiv still fucking posts it. And then we have the best final sequence of Secession I've ever seen, I think, apart from the um, end of series, series two. One. Yeah. Yeah, and so run. Mm. Oh god, it's so good. Kendall um, is building up to is is trying to um, prove that you know they're not bullying me. I'm part of the joke. So he goes into um, the studio to be an actual guest, and um, you know his girlfriend is sitting there groupieing him, and Greg is like chattering away with Dasha. I don't know what her character's name is, is but I'm just going to call her Dasha. But he says to his girlfriend, you know, do you think I should, you know, do you think this is a good angle or something? And she, and she reveals that she doesn't. Yeah, she's like, I think you should just stick with, and I don't remember what she says. The love boat or something like love that. Boat. But then he... Insists on going to see the writers. Oh my God, and the way that they talk to him, oh. like he's a groupie, like he's, like he's one of those people that hangs around after like a comedy show, yeah. trying to hang out with the comics and like making jokes, but they just hate him and don't know what to say. It was so excruciating seeing that and then Dasha comes in to grab him to say to to say look at what Shiv has posted yeah and he's broken mm. by seeing this and he she's like well obviously this means you can't go on the show because they're going to talk about this and he's like but this is private and she's like well it's not it's private. not private anymore yeah and he can't get over that and I just thought this was so amazing how it's 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 evidence that this the closest people to you even if they actually don't matter in the scheme of things for your career or your reputation or whatever if somebody close to you says something just as just an insult to you it can stick with you more than if a hundred people you don't know say it exactly and he wants Shiv's approval he just wants her approval and he's so shocked that she has exposed him mm -hmm. I mean, even if it's not entirely true, but it, it kind of is mm. true. And I was wondering, it, was it was it public knowledge that Kendall was an addict at that yeah. point? Mm. 
It was? Mm. It was already public knowledge? Okay. So before, the, like before. Yeah. I see, but this is confirmation coming from the fucking source, from the sister, confirming all of his work. It's so ideas. damaging for him so, right now. So, so damaging for him and right now. And then you have this amazing moment where he slopes off on his own down a corridor and he speaks to a producer who says, you know, you can't leave now when we kind of have to talk about it because it's going to be, and do yeah, you understand? And, she, and the actress did it so well because she was so annoying. She was so real. So was such, such a, a real, real television producer. comedy booker <laughs> fucking producer where you're like, oh my God, you're the worst person in the and fucking you, world. And you can't leave and we are going to destroy you, but you're, you can't leave. You're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. She's fine. She's and fine. then She's funny. he walks She's down this corridor no one follows him. No, no one checks him. where he is, which I thought was so unrealistic. You would always have someone like right on your back. But he, he walks down this corridor and no one stops him. And yeah. I thought that was quite telling too because no one gives a shit about him. Exactly. He's basically just another punchline. And when he sits in the He goes and finds a little room. room. He looked so little and so fragile and so uncool. I mean, it's such a funny thing with like billionaires that they all dress so fucking uncool. Like you would just think that with all of that money in the world, you would be able to pay someone to make you look really fucking trendy. But for some reason, they always look like they're about to go on a hike. And he is wearing these silly little brown trainers and suede Mm. jacket. And when he kneels down to the floor with all of the lights around him, he just looks like a lost child in the supermarket. Then something happens when he's sitting down. Is it when he something happens to make him smile? Yeah. That's oh right no, that's at right the at the end. So he's basically abandoned the TV record. As we see, um, we have a little moment with Logan and Roman, where... and, and Roman's clearly hurt by the fact that Logan uh, brings up the interview. So he's like, says... no. He says, um, "So what's this about your little interview?" Yeah, and then he uses a, a slur by describing Roman as um, sort of uh, very camp for what he said yeah, about... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about and, um, and Roman's like, oh, yeah, no, it's just silly. And what's the story about the fishing boat? And, and then Roman just heartbreakingly says, no, that was Connor. Connor took me. That was Connor. Exactly, and I feel like there's just such clear puppy dog kind of... Um, hurt in Roman's voice and face by the fact that not only he never got taken on a fishing trip but also the fact that the father is mocking him for doing something that he had to do yeah he was told to do by the dad but it's like he can never please Logan no literally never please and you can never escape your position in the family yeah so he is always going to be looked at by Logan as the as the baby Mm -hmm. is he the baby no he's not the baby but he seems like the baby doesn't he and then yeah and then you have Tom at his function that mm-hmm. he's kind of head of ATN or whatever and he's doing really well he looks actually quite kind of powerful in, yeah. in what he's doing he's doing a speech and then Hugo mm. comes up and whispers in his ear uh the FBI are here um and suddenly the music changes it comes all like classical intense it's so good and it's clear oh hang on have we talked about Tom's sacrifice we have sort of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay great oh, cool, cool. yeah so Tom Tom basically, oh shit, this is my moment. I'm actually, now this is all going to happen. As we cut back to Kendall. Well, no, as we cut back to everyone in the office going crazy, Logan refusing to let the FBI in once again. And Jerry kind of actually reaching the top of that peak that she was climbing before, having real strength coming in and saying, you're being a fucking (laughs) idiot. (laughs) Chesney, Chesney just spilled water everywhere out of her mouth. You disgusting bitch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm just reliving and I was like rocking back and forth like yeah, oh my God, yeah, yeah. that's what happened and yeah. then that happened and then that happened it's so easy to get Jer- hyped but up the, the music show, it was it? so good and, and, and the only reason Logan cooperates is because he's got the he's got the fallout guy now with Tom mm-hmm. 
It's the only reason. Do you think so? Yeah, because there's no... Uh, it's a split-second decision. And he know, and that's why Hugo was sent to Tom. Mm. He didn't have a choice. He also didn't have a he choice. He didn't have a choice, but up until that moment, he hadn't been like, I will cooperate. Yeah. So he, so I think the Tom scene must have happened before the FBI bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, right, sorry. Before. So I just um, missed that. Um, regular sequence says time, <laughs> time jumps. But, I mean, Logan... It's just so fascinating how stubborn he mm. is. But he, you're right. In this episode, he does seem a little bit more fragile in a way. He's sitting down a lot. And he doesn't like the fact that other people have authority no. more than him. Um, no. So Roman and um, Logan's roles in this have been a little bit more... Muted. Muted and, fragile. and quiet. Yeah. yeah, really almost... Yeah, we're seeing more of them mm-hmm. in, in emotionally. And then... Oh my gosh, then we cut back to Kendall and he sees this news on breaking the FBI of raided... Um, Waystar. Waystar. And he starts smiling again. Mm. But in a, in a very, very subtle way. It's not like a big grin, is it? It's just a flicker of, okay, well, maybe maybe it's not the end for me. Yes, but it's it's the end. It's almost like apocalyptic. Everything it's is over. It's mutually assured destruction, really. Everything is over. And so... In this moment of realizing, okay, well, I was just at my lowest, but actually, my dad now is also at his lowest. So uh, there's a tiny bit of respite with that and peace, and 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 it's almost thrilling to exactly. watch his own family be destroyed on TV and as I, he was about to be destroyed. Exactly, because I feel like the only sort of reassurance that any of them can get at this point is just knowing that they aren't the one that looks the worst. Yeah, Tom so, is exactly Tom is, um, and. I just thought that the the evil, ugly sides of everyone's personality, they're really, really coming out to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shiv's in particular. So with her uh, bitterness of what Kendall has done mm-hmm. with... Uh, what did he do again? He, he played the, the Rape Me Oh, song. yeah, the Rape Me. Rape Me. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, given how Shiv it was normally it was a has little a bit great funny. sense of humour, like she is the first one to like, you know, dig at someone in a really mean way. Mm. She can't take it herself, no. can she? She can't take it at banter, all. I mean, it's not exactly banter. I do agree. It's not exactly banter. I know, but mm. the fact is her response was so indicative of the how fact much that she wanted power. She wants power and she hates what he did to her. He ha- She hates being humiliated. I mean, who doesn't, I suppose. But, but then how, when does Logan say to her, sorry, Pinky? Is that before? sorry, Pinky? After after the after the big fuck up, after the Nirvana incident, after she goes into Kendall's office, spits in the notebook, she w- walks by Logan and he says, "Sorry, Pinky." Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a very short interchange between yeah. them. Um, but also, it's interesting that you know earlier on in the episode when he was asking if she believed him, she was the more powerful one mm. out of the two of them. That plummets her right back down to yeah. I just thought it was so fascinating how Logan was so scared of Kendall coming into the office. Yeah. Because in a normal family, confrontation is just so, um, you know, day to day. Mm. And with this, it's almost like when Shiv has to say to him, can we talk for a second? Every single interaction is so formal and almost unnatural. Yeah. And it was just so strange to see how scared he was of just seeing his own son mm. rather than just actually talking to him and saying, what's going on? They, they, if they just communicated normally, maybe so much could be sorted out. The fact is it's in too deep now that there is such high stakes and they, it's almost no going back now. Someone mm. is going to have to go to jail. There is going to be 
Yeah, like, what are your predictions? What do you what do you think is going to happen next? Oh god. I just don't want to see Tom in jail. I know. I don't want to see Tom in jail. I feel like if there's going to be a jail, it's going to be right at the end of the season because they have a lot of investigations to go through first. Yeah. You know, there's probably, if we're going to try and think, I mean, there's obviously British writers. I think there's a lot of influence from British political TV shows. And if we say, look at something like The Thick of It, there's always like an inquiry episode, mm. you know? But they had that in series two. Yeah. They had quite a lot of inquiry. I just don't but also want to see. So I feel like there will be another investigation episode this season. I think Kendall will go, will, will, will have a breakdown. I think he'll, he'll have a, like a bender mm-hmm. and get fucked. Oh, for sure. And I don't want to see Roman hurt. I'm just worried because he had so little to do in this episode. I'm worried that in the next episode, he's going to have something really big and it's going to be awful. I think that Jerry, I think he made a really clever prediction last time, which is that Jerry is steering her way up to stabbing him in the back. Um, As Shiv has kind of grown in her estimations of her own abilities, Jerry has too. Yeah. And Jerry is going to step up, I think, in the next episode and make some big decisions. Yeah. Even that little detail that they throw in just before Roman had that scene with Logan right at the end about the fly fishing. The fact that Roman was on his way to Jerry's office. And then when when he saw that Logan saw that, he sort of did that awkward tap on the door and was like, oh, I was just going in to talk some numbers. I know, but then Logan patronizingly also uh, says... um, well, well done mm. for being there at night, which is just so normal. But exactly, exactly. He doesn't expect anything. He doesn't rate his kids. No. It's just so fascinating. And he said something really telling, which I forgot about. I don't want anything from anyone. When he has that interchange with the president's uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, woman. The president's um, secretary slash uh, advisor. Yeah. And th- I thought that was quite um, flirtatious almost there, mm. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Logan said something like, yeah, I don't want any, I don't want any freebies. I don't want any, I'll get there on my own. And it was, it just shows that, you know, people that um, make it themselves from the, from the bottom to the top, they never lose that ferociousness. And they never want to let go of power. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're worried that they'll just. And so he kind of hates his kids because they've been able to get to positions that he would never, he had to fight to get to. Yeah. And so that, that hatred is kind of the basis of the series because he can't he can't give this his away his position to his children because he he, he resents so them. resents them yeah for having everything that he didn't have yeah even um, though they're his children yeah exactly i don't know it's so interesting a whole topic about like nepotism and stuff and you know if if you have children and you've worked hard to get where you are would you would you happily let them just ride on your you know coattails I know it's such an age-old question isn't it because ultimately the best thing that you can do for your children is provide for them and give them a a happy safe home and every opportunity in the world but you know some of the most amazing inspiring people in the world have come from situations or family situations or just didn't grow up with a lot so that they really had to fight for themselves Mm. and but if you look at the case studies here of Shiv, Connor, Roman and Kendall Mm -hmm. Shiv is the only one who was a established lawyer. No, no, no. She was a political political consultant. consultant. Um, the you know Roman hasn't seemed to have accomplished much. Kendall was a bit of a, a like an addict. Mm-hmm. Connor is obviously like yeah, doesn't do anything. Doesn't has never done anything. Mm-hmm. That's not particularly good. You know, it's, it's it's a perfect example of why children tend to turn out better when they don't have a lot. Um, growing up or at least they don't have an excess of stuff because maybe when you have too much 
you just doesn't motivate you to do anything. And maybe Logan feels secretly guilty for the fact that his children haven't been able to achieve that much. Mm. Um, so what do you? So who is your favorite in the in the episode? Who is my favorite in the episode? Tom, definitely Tom. 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 Tom's performance was so multifaceted mm. and tragic and fascinating. Do you think Tom and Shiv's love will last? Definitely not. Oh no. Definitely not. And we were just saying this before we started recording. Um, I think the reason why his performance stands out is because it is such an unusual character to see. Yeah. Something that is so unpredictable about him all the time. Whereas the rest of the actors, I feel like, I mean, such brilliantly observed characters, but slightly more normal archetypes of people. Yeah, I really Tom, wonder what just, he's like in real life. Oh my God, I would I would be fascinated. Yeah. It has to be something a little bit fucked up to be able to access that so well. Yeah. It's very English, actually, his portrayal um, with the kind of laughing, charming animal. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Anyway, I think that's, I, I think, think we've summed up what happens. Have you, have you got all of We're your... definitely going to lose um, <laughs> audience members. Somebody commented, I woke up to a comment on YouTube, which was, I, I'm, I'm not going to watch the series, so I'm not going to watch your podcast anymore. Or something like that. Okay, so, bye. We didn't fucking ask bye. you, did we? Bye-bye. <laughs> We're joking. See okay, you look, we love come you back. All. Come back when we're not talking about Roman. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what? It'll, it'll happen someday. Mm-hmm.